Would you turn with me this morning, please, to Acts, the second chapter? Second chapter of Acts. We are uh, welcome everybody that's here for the first time, and I want you just to be relaxed and enjoy the presence of the Lord. We so appreciate all our faithful people that. You've been cleaning and working in the children's and working in the uh, parking lots and every other thing. We so appreciate it. You know, this is a big job. One or two people or five people can't do it. Our staff's been pulling double duty for almost a year now. And uh, you ought to pat them on the back once in a while when you see them because they have worked uh, like two or three jobs at once. They've stayed up to midnight half the time and, and really done a lot of work for you. And uh, other people, though, are raising up in the church to take some of the responsibility and job, and we appreciate that. We haven't, you know, I've heard other churches say, you know, how do you get people to volunteer? And how do you get people to work? Well, number one, you need to work yourself. Demonstrate. Amen. Somebody say, well, how do you get people to pray? Well, you pray and lead and encourage people to follow. But you, you guys have stepped up to the bat every time we've needed something. There's been plenty of people... And uh, like Phyllis said, concerning the Johnsons with the home going of their dad, I mean, there was food, there were people, there was stuff right there. And that's what we are, and that's what we're going to be. We're a family. Amen. Amen. Family takes care of its own, and that's what the Scriptures teach. Acts, the second chapter, are you there? Are you excited about the future? How many believe the Lord has some really, really good things planned for us? And uh, we really hadn't seen the half of what he's got for us yet. Best is yet to come. Acts 2 and verse 22. Acts, the second chapter, and the 22nd verse. Peter's preaching on the day of Pentecost. The Holy Spirit through Peter says, You men of Israel... Acts 2.22 Hear these words. Jesus of Nazareth, a man approved of God among you by miracles and wonders and signs which God did by him in the midst of you as you yourselves also know. Let's just stop right there. Jesus of Nazareth a man approved of God among you by miracles, wonders, signs, which God did by him in the midst of you. Now the scriptures tell us in the 10th chapter of Acts, you don't have to turn there, but in Acts 10.38, you remember how it says, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and power who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. Now, in the scriptures, have you ever noticed reading in the epistles, sometimes uh, referring to the Lord and Master, it'll just say Jesus. Sometimes it'll say Jesus Christ. Sometimes it'll say Christ Jesus. Sometimes it'll just say the Christ. Have you noticed that? Well, there's a reason for that. First of all, Jesus refers to the Lord's name as a man. That was his name, just like Keith is my name. 
That had meaning, but that was his name. The Christ, or Jesus Christ, Christ is not Jesus' last name. Like John Smith. (laughs) Christ means the anointed one, or the anointed. And so Jesus, the anointed, when you say Jesus Christ. And uh, so when it says Jesus Christ, then the emphasis is humanity, deity. If it says Christ Jesus, what would be the emphasis? Deity, humanity. humanity. If it just says Jesus, what's the emphasis? Just humanity. If it just says Christ, then the emphasis is deity. What does it say here? How God anointed what? Jesus of Nazareth. That's like saying Bob from Branson. I'm not trying to be disrespectful, but see, the the deity aspect was not emphasized. And this is talking about how God uh, approved Jesus, a man from Nazareth, and he approved him. What what does it say? Jesus of Nazareth. What's the next two words? A man. So his, his deity is not emphasized here. His humanity is. God approved a man, Jesus of Nazareth. He approved him by signs and miracles. Does God want to approve you? Does he want to approve me? Yes. Yes, he does. And how does he approve us in the earth? With manifestations of his power performing his will in our life. Right? This involves things that are miraculous. Not always spectacular, but interventions of His into the things of life. I want to talk to you this morning about being approved of God. Because this will answer some questions. Sometimes people say, well, you know, why why isn't this happening for me? Or, Or why won't God do this for me? Or why did this happen for them, but it hasn't happened for me? We need to realize God's blessing on our life is His approval. Now, we need to differentiate. Our conduct is not a determining factor uh, in our salvation. The Scripture says, Ephesians 2.8, For by grace you're saved, through faith, what does it say? Not of works. Not of works lest any man should boast. Some people have the idea that, well, if you try to live a good life, try to do people right, and be a good man or be a good woman, then when you, get, when you die, you get to heaven, you meet St. Peter at the pearly gates, and they got the great big weight and balance there. And they'll pull back the curtain, and all your bad deeds will be on one side, and all your good deeds will be on the other side. And if you had enough good deeds to outweigh the bad, then Peter smiles and says, come on in. You made it in. But if you had too much bad deeds and not enough good, they go, oh, sorry, you have to go back the other way. No, there ain't no weight and balances at the pearly gate. And people are not saved by their good works. You're saved by the grace of God, the the redemptive uh, accomplishments of Jesus at the cross, and simply by your faith in them. 
You and I could never be good enough to be saved by what we do. So you just have, you know, sometimes people say, well, you know, oh, that, what audacity, what presumption to stand up and say, I'm the righteousness of God in Christ. No, it's humility. And it's submission. It's admitting the best I could do. My righteousness was unacceptable to Him. I could never be good enough to save myself, but He saved me. He bought me. He paid for me. Gave me His righteousness. Made me holy. Not because of what I've done, but I receive it by His grace and through my faith. So by faith I'm saved. Not in what I can do to be saved, but in what He's done. Right? How many believe that? How many believe you are saved? You say, well, we'll just have to wait and see. No, no, uh-uh. No, the work's been done in Jesus. Now, you have to decide if it's done in you. You have to decide if I believe, well, we'll just all have to wait till we get there and see. Well, then you won't be. No, it's by faith. Faith is confident. Faith uh, makes declarations. Faith says, I am saved. Somebody try that out loud. Say it out loud. I am saved. Are you? How are you saved? By the grace of God, by my faith. Amen. He did it. I believe it. I've received it. He's my Lord. But now, talking in a different vein here, how much the Lord is able to do in your life And how much He's able to use you does have something to do with your living, doesn't it? My salvation's not based on my life and my performance and my deeds. It's based on what Jesus has done and my faith in that. But my life, how much God's able to use me, what He's able to do through me and with me, and what He's able to do in my life is directly connected to my life pleasing Him. Right? How many understand He can't bless disobedience? That'd send the wrong message, wouldn't it? I mean, if you're a good parent and you have small children, well, if one of them is, is, you know, totally rebellious and disobedient, won't do anything you say, and you just... Bless them with toys and, and, and keep doing things. You know, every time they do something bad, you just bless them. Does that send them the right message? No. Does that send the other kids the right message? No. no. Should you bless disobedience? No. Is God just? Yeah. Is He fair? Yeah. Then can He bless disobedience? No. no. Can He bless and prosper rebellion? No. no. So if you want God's best, you must be obedient, right? And what we need, instead of begging God, oh, please, God, do this for us. Oh, please, God, why don't you do this for us? Instead of being so focused on trying to get Him to do something for us, we need to be focused on pleasing Him. Amen? Amen? On finding and knowing His will and doing His will and pleasing Him, because when you please Him, His love is going to be manifested on you. And His favor is going to be shown on you. Can you say amen? And when you please God, uh, you're not going to wonder about it. When you please Him, you're going to know it. 
He will cause you to see and know that he's pleased with you. And he'll prosper your way. And he'll cause men to favor you. And the favor of God and the favor of men will be shown on your life. How many are, ple- are, are interested in that? Are you? If we want more blessing on our life, what should we be interested in? Pleasing God more. Right? Pleasing Him fully. I think this is one thing that has caused some confusion concerning so-called charismatic and faith people. Because a lot of people leave the impression, and sometimes maybe that's what they believe, that all there is to it is making confessions or claiming stuff. Just confessing, well, this is going to happen, this is going to happen. I'm claiming this, and I'm confessing that, while completely oblivious to really seeking the will of God and, and endeavoring to please Him. It doesn't work that way. I said it doesn't work that way. There are spiritual principles that we are supposed to confess, we are supposed to claim, but in line with His Word and in line with His will for our life. You don't want to be pulling against Him confessing and claiming something, do you? And when you find what His will is for your life and you're claiming what He wants for you, when you want what He wants for the same reasons He wants it, you become unstoppable. Because God is in you and for you and on your side. And who's bigger than Him? And if God's for you, who can be against you? Huh? Somebody say nobody. Nobody but nobody. Glory to God. Now I want you to turn with me please to Matthew, the third chapter. Everybody say approved of God. See, Jesus, He is our substitute. He is our sacrifice. But but not only that, He's our example to follow. And He lived a life that was completely pleasing to the Father, didn't He? And oh, how the Father used Him. Used Him so powerfully and mightily and how He blessed Him. And see, this this blessing was, was in confirmation to His pleasing God. You remember the story in in Matthew, the third chapter, recorded in the other gospel accounts, about how Jesus, uh, you know, after decades of life, he was baptized in the river. And the scripture says, verse 16, Matthew 3, 16, Jesus, when he was baptized, went up straightway out of the water. The heavens were opened to him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and lighting upon him. And lo, a voice from heaven said, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. So what age was he at this point? Hmm? Then the scripture said about 30 years old, right? Now, I want you to get this. Before Jesus ever had a public ministry, before any of that, before any preaching, any teaching, any healing, any miracles, before any of that, the Father was pleased with him as a person. Did you get that? As his son. Sometimes people put too much emphasis on ministry, being a good preacher, and not enough on just being a good child of God. 
being a good man, being a good Christian. Because your ministry is the outflow, <clears throat> outflow of your personal fellowship with God. And His hand can't be on your ministry and His anointing can't be strong on you and Him not pleased at all with your personal life. There's a conflict there, right? And if you're teaching error and you're not living right and you're not controlling your flesh, how can the Lord pour out His full blessing on your life? That's send the wrong message to everybody that's watching you, right? And so when we find ourselves coming up against limitations and we're only blessed so far and it's limited and curtailed and, and we're only seeing results to a certain extent, it's not for us to go, God, God, what's your hold up? Won't you go ahead and do it? We're not waiting on Him. He's blessing us as far as He can. Did you hear me? He, he's anointing us and He's using us as much as He can without putting His approval on stuff that's wrong. You know, I uh, the Lord taught me about this some years ago in a way that I didn't expect. As, as we grow and more people know about us, you have influence that you don't realize that you have. And uh, people sometimes just watch you. And what you do and what you don't do, they make decisions based on it. And I know uh, this, is, oh, this has been a good 10 years or so ago, more like 15, I guess. But there was a, meeting, a certain meeting in a certain place, and I was... Uh, planning to go to it. I had friends there and everything. I wasn't speaking that night, but I was busy all day teaching in the uh, school and everything. And then I was going over there that evening. And as I was driving home, I had a check in my heart about going. I don't mean I heard a voice, but just something in me, a check about, mm, I don't know about going. You shouldn't go to that. Well, I got in my head and I thought, well, now why? I mean, why would the Holy Spirit do with you not to go to church? Not to go to a meeting, not to go to a service. This wasn't my regular church, though you understand. This was another place, and it was a meeting that some people were having, and some friends of mine were there. Well, I thought, oh, I don't, you know, I don't know what that is, and I overrode that. I said, why'd you do that? Well, why did you? <laughs> we'll just leave that right there. Uh, I overrode that, and I went on to the meeting. And it was real to me. You know, I knew something was up because all through the service I kept checking to see why I shouldn't have been there. <laughs> you know? <laughs> I said, well, why did you go ahead and go? Well, why did you? Amen. One thing is we're learning. Amen. Right? And uh, so I'm sitting there thinking, well, I don't see any reason why I shouldn't have been here. This is a great meeting, you know? But the last 10 minutes of it, <laughs> Phyllis was there too. So somebody got up and they did some stuff that was off the wall. It was wrong. But I didn't participate. I just, you know, I just kept quiet. Yeah, well, we were on the front row. I was going to sit in the back, but when they saw me come in, they ushered me down to the front and put me in the front. Well, I left, and I thought, well, you know, okay. All the service was great except for that little last part, and, you know. I, how many of we ought to be people that, that find the good, not find the fault, right? I mean, don't magnify the problems. 
And I've missed it too, so I'm not going to throw any rocks. But the next day, somebody's calling me from the West Coast saying, I heard y'all had such and such meeting last night. I said, well, that wasn't really my meeting. I was just there. I said, yeah, some of my people were there and uh, some stuff went on. He said, well, it must be all right. Brother Keith was there. (laughs) And see, I, I didn't realize it, but... I had put my stamp of approval just by going there. Well, how much more with God who has all influence, right? See, he, He's limited in what He can do in your life in using you and blessing you and anointing you and giving you stuff and doing things for you because people are looking at you. Right? And he can't put his full measure of blessing and anointing on disobedience, on rebellion. How many understand if you're just kind of halfway committed? Can he put his blessing on the other half? No, he can't. So if we want his full blessing, we must be fully committed. Amen? Completely sold out. Wanting to do His will 100%. If we want to be used fully, if we want to have Him do His perfect will for us, we must be willing to live His perfect will for us. Can you say amen? Amen. You know, I had the privilege of working in healing school uh, for a number of years. And we had a couple in there one time that had a young daughter, beautiful young lady, teenager. And she had some kind of deadly disease that the doctors had said was incurable. They were very wealthy people. They were used to running in the upper strata of social circles, very, very wealthy. And they had had their child to every place they could think of, here and abroad, and nothing. How many know there's things man can't do? And... uh They finally, as a last resort, brought her to the healing school where we were looking to God for help. And they were Christians nominally. Let me put it like that. How many understand you can believe in the Lord but not be very committed to His will for your life? And uh, and we ministered to, to her for a week or so. And I just kept getting in my heart, something's not quite right here. We're not just making a connection. You know, when we just when we just keep going and are not getting results, it's not God's fault. We're not doing something right. We're not making connection. Don't just look at Him and go, God, what you waiting on? Again, look in the mirror. And so we got in the floor and began to pray and actually skipped some meals and, and waited on the Lord. And, and I, I, this is what I got in my spirit. Sometimes you can just know something. Uh, you did, I didn't hear a voice, but it's like I saw something. I don't mean I had an open vision, but in my mind's eye, so to speak. And this is what it was like. It was like this couple, like, like this uh, man's representing God. It's like they were trying to, uh, you know, get healing from God, but they didn't want to get any closer than they had to. And then when they get the healing from God and then go back to their country club and, and their uh, high social life, they didn't really want to be bothered too much by being too godly. They wanted something from him, and then they wanted to get back to their life. They had been interrupted. Well, that's not okay. I said, that's not okay. 
You'll find when you go to the Lord and you have a need in your life, so many times that need is really not the biggest thing to Him. Hmm? You think, well, God, the biggest thing is I need to be healed. I need to be healed. Please hurry up and heal me. Hurry up and heal me. Touch me. Uh, zap me. And i got to get back to my life. Well, <laughs> it's supposed to be His life. Right? And so when you get to that point, a lot of times He'll say, I, I, you say, I need to be healed. Come on, God, please hurry up and heal me. He'll say, come on up here and sit down with me. Come up here. You and I need to talk. Oh, God, come on, just zap me and i got to go. No, no. <laughs> come here and, and, and sit down with me. And he want to talk to you about your life and about why you haven't done what he's been dealing with you for 10 years to do. Right? And about why you're waiting on this or about why you're still doing this. Or, and you don't earn your healing. I don't, I don't mean to say that. You don't earn your healing. But at the same time, if you're not, your disobedience can undermine your faith, right? Can undermine your faith so that you can't believe God because your heart's condemning you because you know you're not in the will of God. It's not God withholding from you. It's you not being able to receive it. Oh, but friend, by the blood of the Lamb, by an adjustment in your heart, you can get forgiven, you can get cleansed, and you can get willing. And you can get busy. And you can change things. Amen? And you can say, all right, I'm through with being too busy for God. Lord, I am yours. Lock, stock, and barrel. Everything is here. Everything I am. Everything I'm not. I'm yours. If you want something different in this house, it's going to be changed. You want something different in my business, it's going to be changed. And friend, you watch it. The moment you open up your heart like that, the, the doorway of blessing begins to open up. Amen? And if you fully please Him and you fully obey, He can pour out His blessing fully. And like the Master, you can be approved of God. How many want to be approved of God with signs and wonders following glory to God? Jesus said, you know, you saw this phrase concerning him, and you see it two more times, just in the book of Matthew. He said, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. In the 12th chapter, he said, in whom my soul is well pleased. In the 17th chapter, he said, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Everybody say, well pleased. Well, is Jesus your example? You know, he, he said, Jesus said this in John. He said, I do always those things that please him. When he got up in the morning, he had one thing on his mind, pleasing the Father. With everything he said, everything he did, everywhere he went, all day long, he, Jesus, is the ultimate Father pleaser. Is that your desire? How many understand that's the way you ought to wake up in the morning not thinking, now what do I want to do today? That's not, how, that's not how to get blessed. Jesus didn't operate that way. Well, let's see what I want. No, I mean, he even prayed, not my will, right? But your will be done. Even when it was something he didn't want to do, he was willing to submit to it. He's our example. Won't you practice starting tomorrow morning when your eyes come open? Amen. 
And just keep doing it day after day till it gets ingrained in your consciousness. When you open your eyes, say it out loud. Father, I want to please you today all day. Guide me. Everything I think, everything I say, everywhere I go, every decision I make, everything I do or don't do, help me to see and understand and please you well all day. Now, friend, you, you, get, you get seriously interested in this. God is seriously interested in blessing your life. Amen. And increasing the anointing on you and pouring extra revelation and wisdom into your life. And resources, money, things, deals, putting His approval, amen, on your life. Go to the book of Hebrews, please. Is this okay this morning? Hebrews, the 11th chapter. Said out loud, approved of God. You have a desire for that? Approved of God. I've said this before, but it'll bear repetition. You know, I uh, this must have been 20 years ago. I was first getting started in the ministry. And I was sitting at a red light one day in my car. Never forget it. Know right where it was at. And, and I, I heard from the Lord. I don't mean I heard an audible voice, but distinctly inside me, got a revelation, sitting at a, sitting at a traffic light, waiting for it to change. You know what it was? You don't know? Yep. This was it. God is smarter than me. <laughs> you might say, didn't you know that, Brother Keith? Well, yeah, but you can know things better. What do you mean by that? I, it, it, I got light on this. I, I, it became clearer to me. He made me. He knows what makes me tick. He knows better what I like than I know. Amen. Doesn't he? Yeah. He knows better what will fulfill me and satisfy me than I do. And so like the scripture said, like Jesus said, I delight to do thy will, O God. We should will to do his will. And I, I learned that I can do that. I, I, can, I can, from the inside of me, even though it's contrary to what my head or my flesh thought, I can agree with Him and will to do His will because He's right. Amen. Every time, anytime I disagree with Him, never am I right. Anytime I think differently from Him, I'm wrong. He's always right. And so if, he, uh, if I'm looking at a thing and I'm thinking, yep, that's what I want that's what I want to do. Yes, sir. That's the thing for me. And he says, nope, that's not what I want for you. Then I go, right. <laughs> now that I look at it, I don't even like it. You don't like it? I don't like it. Huh? And maybe your head still said, I think I like it. Say, shut up. No, you don't. Nah, you just think you do. You don't know. God's smarter than me. Huh? You see what I'm talking about now? I mean, if he says that's not right for me, then he's smarter than me. Hmm? And there's been a few things that I looked at and thought, uh-uh, no, that ain't for me. No, that ain't my call. That ain't my thing. No, thanks. No, no. And the Lord said, I want you to do that. And I go, right. <laughs> yeah, now that you mention it, that's just what I wanted to do. Can you do that? It's called being willing. Right? 
And if you be willing and obedient, what? You will eat the good, the fat, you will enjoy, wear, drive, live in, give, be a part of the best of the best. Doesn't that sound like God blessing your life? Putting His approval on your life? Is there anything more important than this? Oh, hallelujah. Somebody said out loud, I will to do His will. He's smarter than me. I always agree with Him. And I always do those things that please Him. Have you found Hebrews? Hebrews, the 11th chapter. So God approves those who obey Him. He approves their life with blessing. And in Hebrews 11, we get the answer, how do you please God? Anybody read this before? Huh? We want to please God. We want to do always those things that please Him. How can we please Him? Read in Hebrews 11, 5. Y'all are ahead of me. Y'all too smart for me. Hebrews 11, 5 says what? By faith, Enoch was translated. Did God approve his life? Whoo! I reckon being snatched up into glory without even dying. I'd say God approved your life. He was translated that he should not see death and was not found because God translated him. For before his translation, he had this testimony. What was his testimony? That he pleased God. Oh, we're getting somewhere this morning. Don't you believe it? We're getting somewhere this morning. You know, you do understand God lives inside of you. Is it true? Your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. His Spirit is inside you. Everywhere you go, He he goes. When you're sitting there watching the program, you need to ask Him, You like this? You don't like it? I don't like it either. (laughs) Did you hear me? You're listening to something? You go, Is He there? You know the psalmist, what is it, Psalm 139, talks about the uh, omnipresence of God. He said, if you are going to heaven, He's there. If I go down to hell, He's there. If I go across the ocean, He's there. In the de- No matter where you go. It's, it's funny, people trying to run from God. Isn't it? Like Jonah. You know, he booked a, booked a passage on a ship. And he ran from the Lord, trying to run, the Bible said, from the presence of the Lord. I'll tell you what, you can get on the Concord and fly over the speed of sound and you can go to the farthest corner of the earth and hide behind a tree and as soon as you get there, the Lord will say, what are you doing here? (laughs) You you can't get away from Him, can you? Everywhere you are, He's there. Well, then should we be cognizant, should we be aware and conscious of His presence all the time? And should we be checking our heart and, and, and with Him, Lord, do you like this? Do you, you don't like this? You like this? And don't try to hear audible voices and don't try to see things, but just check in your heart. How many know you can know? If, it, if it's in disagreement with His Word, you know He's not going to like it. 
And you know in your heart you have the witness of the Spirit. And if, and if you have a sense, the Lord doesn't like this. Well, I don't like it either. This, this is what the Lord wants for us. Well, good, I want it too. Right? Endeavoring to agree with Him and submit to Him and please Him all the time. This is the secret to walking in divine health. Somebody ought to have been more excited about that. I didn't say getting healed. I said walking in divine health. I've walked in divine health now for 20 years. Amen. I don't mean I've been he- I've been sick and healed and sick and healed. I just don't get sick. I go month after month and year after year and just feel wonderful. Fly all over the country, change time zones, eat all kind of food, sleep on all kind of beds, and just come back and shout. That's not because I'm so tough. It's because God is keeping me. I said He's keeping me. I'm not having to get healed all the time. I'm not getting sick. Oh, thank God. Now, I haven't always done everything perfect, but if I see that I miss it, I try to see how quick I can get it straightened up. Amen? How many know the Lord wants to keep you in divine health? He wants to keep you in divine prosperity so that you're not always struggling, but you got everything paid. And when you need it, there it is. Extra besides. Is that His will? And that you're getting direction and you're being protected. You're not having accidents all the time. Not having car wrecks all the time. Not, not having stuff stolen from you all the time. He's able to keep you. But do you and I have anything to do with Him being able to fully bless us and fully... Well, we need to find out His perfect will and do it. Can you say amen? amen. Thank God. Somebody say thank God. thank God. Enoch had this testimony that he what? That he pleased God. He walked with God by faith. When Enoch woke up in the morning, he thought, Good morning, Jehovah. You're here, and I'm here. By faith, he did it. Right? And he said, I'm walking with you all day today, Lord. I'm going to be aware of you and what you like and what you don't like. Me and you, God, I'm with you. You like it, I like it. You don't, I don't. And he walked with God, and he did that to the degree that he so pleased God, that God, he got so caught up in fellowshipping with the Father, until one day Enoch looked up and he thought, Where are we, Lord? (laughs) I don't think we're on the earth anymore. He said, No, you're not. You're with me now. You just stay. No need going back home. You are home. And and what was the key to this? What's that last phrase say? He had this testimony. He what? He pleased God. Somebody said out loud. He pleased God. Next verse, what does it say? But without faith, it is impossible to please Him. Didn't say it was hard. Didn't say you couldn't do it all the time. Said it's impossible. There is no way you can please God. Without faith. Now some people take, take us to task and they find fault with us because we talk so much about faith. They say, well, you know, faith, faith, faith. We just talk. Somebody said, well, I'm tired of hearing about faith. Just faith, faith, faith. Well, that means you're tired of pleasing God. Right? 
means you're tired of receiving. You're tired of being blessed. How do you get saved? Faith. How you receive the Holy Spirit? How you get healed? How you get used of God? How you get your bills paid? How can you please God in any area of your life? It's by faith. And without it, there is no way. I don't care how smart you think you are, how eloquent you think you are, what you do, the highest mountain you climb, the farthest ocean you swim, there's no way you can please Him without faith. Are you interested in faith? Oh, I am. Faith. All right, let's go further now. We can't be fully approved. God's full blessing can't be on our life unless we please Him. Secondly, we can't please Him Unless we live and think and operate by faith. All right. Thirdly, how do we get faith? Hmm? How can we have faith? How does faith come? Romans ten seventeen. So then faith comes how? By hearing and hearing by the word, the word of God. Go with me to the book of Acts again. Book of Acts, the 14th chapter. You'll find that we've made a complete circle here. You'll see it in just a minute if you don't see it already. Acts 14 and verse 3, talking about the, the apostles, men of God, ministers of God. It said... Verse 3, Acts 14, 3. Long time therefore abode they speaking boldly in the Lord, which gave testimony unto the word of His grace. What did He give testimony to? The word of His grace and granted signs and wonders to be done by their hands. Did the Lord confirm something? Did He approve something? What was it? Was it just Peter and John? Was it their personality? Somebody said, well, it's because they're apostles. You know, the apostles could do things. No, God's not just confirming apostles. He's confirming His Word. I said He's confirming His Word. Now, here's the thing we've got to understand. The Lord is not obligated to just confirm us as individuals. He's not obligated to just approve us as people. As personalities. God's not obligated to perform and confirm just any and everything I decide to stand up and say. Or that you decide to stand up and claim or say. Oh, but when we're saying His words. I said when we're saying His words. It becomes bigger than us. And how many know the scripture said heaven and earth will pass away. I mean this whole thing, but not His Word. His Word will never pass away. There is no Word of God void of power or incapable of being fulfilled or impossible of bringing to pass. Didn't the Scripture say He watches over His Word and He hastens it to perform it? I'm getting excited. How can I be assured that God's going to do something in my life? Huh? How can I know of a surety that God's going to do a healing in my life? He's going to perform a provision in my life. He's going to do protection in my life. If I honor His Word on that subject, 
and I speak and believe His Word in, in, on that subject, He will watch over that Word that I'm believing. It's His Word in my heart, in my mouth, His Word in my life that He will approve and He will confirm. And if I become one with His Word, then my life is going to be approved. Can you see that? That's why we need to read our chapters. <laughs> That's why we need to be thinking about the Word all the time. And anytime you think of something that you think you believe or you think you want, you've got to ask yourself the question, what does the Word say? What does the Word say about that? Because God's not just obligated to perform what you think. I don't care who you are. I don't care how much you've been used of God. God. I mean, you're not God. He didn't just follow you around and do what you say. He does what He said He would do in your mouth. Right? His words in your mouth, in your heart, in your mind, He has the right to perform for you. He's not just confirming your personality. He's confirming His Word. Do you see it? A long time they they were there speaking boldly in the Lord, and the Lord did what? Are you reading? The Lord did what? He gave testimony to the word of His grace. Oh, hallelujah. I'm about to to shout, I think. Uh, Because this is so real to me. I've seen it. I know how it works. What, What was happening here? They got up and preached boldly. And they said, Jesus is the Lord. He's the Savior. He's the healer. He's the deliverer. And God came in and said, that's right. I am. And He did it. Can you see that? God Himself came in. And through signs and wonders and miracles, through action of His power, He's saying in an unmistakable way, what they said is what I said. These are my words. And I am performing them in your midst. Glory to God. That's why we got a stack of testimonies up here this morning. That's why we read them every day. It's not because of Keith. It's not because of Phyllis. It's not because of you. It's because we, the best we know, are beginning to hold up His Word and say, He said it. We believe it. And He said, you got that right. I said it. And I'm doing it. And the more we exalt His Word, and the more we honor His Word, and the more we lift up His Word and believe His Word the higher and the greater degree of approval He's able to put on our life. Oh, can you say amen? Turn with me, if you would, to the book of Mark in closing. Somebody say, approved of God. Mark, the 16th chapter. Mark, chapter 16. Let me remind you of Jeremiah 1. We quoted it just a few minutes ago, but let me remind you of it. The Lord said to me, You've seen correctly, for I am watching to see that my word is fulfilled. That was Jeremiah 1.12 in the NIV. Listen to the NAS. He said, The Lord said to me, You have seen well, for I am watching over my word to perform it. Mm. What if you believe His Word? What if you're saying His Word? What if you're saying His Word works in my life? 
than he is. I mean, his eyes are searching to and fro throughout the whole earth, looking for those whose heart is perfect toward him, those who completely believe in him are completely sold out to his word. What? He wants to show himself mighty and strong on their behalf. When do we see the miracles? When do we see the signs and wonders? When we please him in faith, in his word, and we speak his words, and he does his words. In the New King James, he said it again. He said, you have seen well, for I am ready to perform my word. (laughs) I'm ready. How many believe God's ready to perform his word of provision? He's ready to perform his word of protection. He's ready to perform his word of healing. So let's get away from begging God to do something for us. You keep the commandments, He'll keep the promises. No need you working on Him, trying to get Him to do His part. He's never failed to do His part. Man has failed repeatedly to do man's part. You, you don't, don't work on, please, God, and I'm going to beg and see if I can get God to move. That's not the problem. I said, that's not the problem. You give Him something to bless. Give him something he can approve. Give him something he can confirm. You know, I had the, uh, the privilege of working under Dr. Kenneth Hagin. And, and still, you know, great friends. And we see him whenever we can. And, and uh, uh, he said in the early days of his ministry, he said, uh, and I think it's like the second church he was ministering in, And he said that uh, he got to praying and fasting and seeking the Lord about why they weren't having more miracles in their church. He's reading in the book of Acts, and he's saying, you know, I just don't see all that happening in our church. And so he's seeking the Lord. Lord, why? Why aren't all these things happening? I mean, I've seen the sprinkling of this and that, but we haven't seen this, and we haven't seen that. Here it is in the Bible, and I know it's your will. Why aren't we seeing it? And I think he prayed and fasted about three days about that. And he said at the end of that third day, the Lord began to speak to him and bring this scripture that I'm about to read. Well, let me just read it. He said he brought this scripture to his heart and mind with force. Mark 16 and verse 19 and 20. He said, Then after the Lord had spoken to them, he was received up into heaven and sat on the right hand of God. And they went forth and preached everywhere. And the Lord working with, actually the word them is in italics. It's not really there in the original. So for, for accuracy's sake, skip that. And look, notice what it said. The Lord working with and what? Confirming, confirming the word. What does he work with? The word. And what does he confirm? The word. Working with and confirming the word with signs following. Now, Brother Hagin said that came to his heart while he did this time of extra praying. It came to his heart, and he opened the Bible, and he read it. And it came to him again. He realized this is what the Lord's saying to him. The Lord working with the Word and confirming the Word. And he said, yeah, Lord, I know that. That's why we preach the Word. I, I preach the Word. I'm a Word man. But why aren't more of these miracles happening? He said, the Lord said he worked with the Word and confirmed the Word. And he went back and forth about that for some time. Well, Lord, I know that. That's why I preach the Word. I'm a Word man. And he said, the Lord finally said to him, check up on what you're preaching. 
I am confirming the word. He thought, huh? I am confirming the word. Check up on what you're preaching. So he did some extra waiting on God. (laughs) He said in the altar, the Lord helped him to kind of look down in himself. And he began to see a bunch of tradition that he had gotten from different groups he had been with in the past. Wasn't really the word. Different opinions and some unbelief. He didn't realize he'd been preaching. See, we like to think, oh, bless God, I'm a word man. It's all I say, 100% word. Yeah, you wish. (laughs) But the reality is there's a lot of opinion. There's a lot of tradition and stuff that's not the word. Can the Lord confirm that? No, he can't confirm tradition that's opposed to his word. He can't confirm your opinions and old wives' fables and just old superstitious stuff that people have thought and believed that's in disagreement and disharmony with His Word. That's why you and I need to set ourselves and stir ourselves up and say, All right, Lord, help me. Set a watch at the door of my mouth. Set a watch over my mind. And any time anything comes up that doesn't agree with your Word, help me to see it. Help me to see it. So he made the adjustment. He said, I see it, Lord, help me. He said it took him some time to begin to get that out of him. Because, I mean, if you grow up with it, you think this is right. But every time you come across something you believe, I don't care if you believed it all your life and if mama believed it and grandma believed it, I don't care. Ask yourself the question, where is this at in the Bible? Where is it at? If you can't find it, then you shouldn't be trying to stand on it. Hmm? If you can't find it, then why should you be believing it? How do you know it's true? And it's not what the Lord can confirm. So he said he began to discipline himself and not just preach what he had heard and not just preach what others had preached. He began to take everything back to the Scripture, back to the Scripture. Where is it at? Where is the verse? Where does it say it? And he said he saw immediately as the months passed and he's preaching more word, more things are happening. Amen. Can you see this? And he's preaching more faith and more more of the Bible, more miracles, more healings, more things are happening. And the reason why I'm so excited this morning, woke somebody up just then. The reason I'm so excited is because our word level is coming up. Our faith level is coming up. It is. So what does that mean? We're going to be pleasing God more and He's going to be able to approve us more, more of miracles, more provision, more finances, more direction. Amen. More miracles. Can you say amen? And we're going to give Him all the glory and all the praise and all the credit and just hold up the word more. Because if we ever get away from the word, we're going to get away from being approved. Stand up on your feet, why don't you? Oh, thank you, Lord. What does the Lord confirm in our life? The Word. He works with the Word. He doesn't just confirm what we think. He confirms His Word. Hallelujah. Oh, lift up your hands and begin to thank Him. Begin to praise Him, Lord. We're so thankful for Your Word.
Reveal your word to us more and more. Oh, thank you, thank you. Come on, praise Him a little bit for lifting you up. More word, more faith. Thank you, Lord. 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 Hallelujah. Pray this out loud with me, please. Pray it out loud. Father God, I exalt your word in my life above all else. You've exalted your word above your name, above all. So I receive your words in the Bible and from your spirit, and I exalt it. Above all my thinking, other men's thinking, above all tradition, above all opinion, and I say, your word is Lord in my life. Your word is the final authority. Help me to conform my thinking and my whole life. To that which pleases you. Anything that does not please you. Reveal it to me. I'll change it. By your grace. It'll be changed. That you may. Put your approval. Fully. On your word. That you may confirm your word. In our lives. With miracles. And signs. Following. Get glory to yourself. In us. Through us. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Praise Him for doing it. Thank Him for doing it. Thank Him for doing it. Oh, thank you, Lord. Come on, just praise Him a little bit. Don't be in too big of a hurry. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, praise you, praise you, praise you, praise you. Come on, praise Him a little bit. Oh, praise you. Praise you, praise you, praise you. Oh, praise you. Praise you, praise you, praise you. Oh, just keep thanking Him that you're coming up to a higher level. Oh, you're going to be more approved, more confirmed. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, praise you. Praise you, praise you. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, thank you. Oh, we bless you. We glorify we lift up on high. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you.